Welcome into the October 10th episode of the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. The preseason has come to an end and the real stuff is about to begin. Dave, the Leafs have submitted their final roster. There were some tough decisions that had to be made. We'll go through it with you guys all today. And uh, we're also going to make our league-wide season predictions today as well. And then tomorrow... We'll do our lease predictions, the over-unders, the annual over-unders. This is going to be the third or fourth year in a row we'll be doing those, so I'm excited for that one. But today, league-wide season predictions, including picking our Stanley Cup winners. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss who I believe is going to be toting around with Lord Stanley this year. Just a little bit of a teaser. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also now catch us up on video form. Check us up, uh, check us out on YouTube. That's locked on lease. Hit subscribe and get new content delivered directly to you each and every day, Monday through Friday, all leaves, all the time. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Dave, do you have a good Thanksgiving, friend? Uh, you know I did. You know <laughs> I did. I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold today, so I'm I'm grinding it out today. I finished eating my turkey. I actually had turkey and ham today, but I finished eating it about eh, maybe about an hour ago. I would say I could take a nap right now. I don't know about you, but like, because I think there's what like melatonin inside turkey or something like that, and you just you are ready to just go in a complete turkey coma and shut the lights off and take a quick power nap afterwards. But we're gonna power through it, uh, and because there is a lot to get into. Um, today specifically with the Maple Leafs because the roster has been set. Officially, it has been set. Everybody had to submit their cap-compliant rosters by today, and the Maple Leafs did so. And there were some tough decisions that had to be made. Um, we did see over the weekend Zach Aston Reese officially sign his deal. We all expected that to come in about eight and a half, eight, uh, was it 840,000? I believe it came to, which was in and around where we thought it was. I think when we did our cap exercise, we said 850. So even came in 10 grand under. And as I'm about to show you, it had to come in 10 grand under. <laughs> had to actually come in, what, 9,996 under that 850 mark. Um, but yeah, so that was something that happened. And obviously, one of the bigger not notables that is not on the roster is Wayne Simmons. Um, we expected him not to be, but it's still a little shocking, right? And, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with him. But when you look at this roster, I think probably the one thing that might get people a little upset, like everyone kind of accepted Wayne Simmons might not be on this team, but the one player who I knew it was going to come down to whether or not uh, essentially it, it was going to come down to roster position um, and waiver exemption 
Dennis Mulgan makes the team over Nick Robertson. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? I kind of brought up that idea when you were doing your lineup predictions. I said, yeah. so possibly Nick Robertson could get sent down because he doesn't require waivers. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't surprised because the reason why is because I think Malgan had played so well in camp that you want Nick Robertson on the team. I think Sheldon Keith admitted that Nick Robertson would have been on the team if it weren't for any cap constraints. Yeah. But to the ability to potentially lose Malgan off waivers, the drop off in play isn't like, sure. You probably would prefer Robertson over Malgan, but the drop off in play isn't as severe. So you're going to go with the guy that doesn't need waivers to go down, especially when the Leafs are so tight to the cap. You want to, you have to do what's kind of right for the long term of the team's few, like, you know, chances this season. I would like Nick Robertson to be on the roster, but I understand why he's not. Yeah. So, you know, so Nick Robertson, I don't think it'll be too long before he ends up uh, getting a shot, getting back up here with the Maple Leafs. You know, he can kind of come up and down as he pleases. Um, and it all really depends also on what happens with John Tavares because he's been skating for the last couple of days. And the update here is he might actually be ready to go by Wednesday, which is a bit of a shocker to me. And if he is ready to go, no issues, I guess. That that means that they'll have a full 20-man lineup that they get ice. But due to the cap constraints, if Tavares is unable to play on Wednesday, um, it, there's, it, they're going to have to play shorthanded, 19 guys, and then they'll be able to have an emergency recall of Robertson after that for him to play on the, the second night of the doubleheader on, uh, on Thursday against Washington. So, but it's actually trending like Tavares could play, which I wasn't expecting to happen, but it's a couple of solid practices for him in a row. He says he feels really good. Sheldon Keefe says he looks good. You know, all the reporters that I've kind of texted and, and talked to who are watching say, yeah, actually looks all right. Not bad. So it, it's trending like John Tavares might actually be able to play, which thank goodness, because a lot of those cap shenanigans that we were kind of going through last week were with the assumption that Tavares is out. If he's here, you don't have to have that extra 750,000. You can send that down and that allows him to be cap compliant with 20 players. And you actually don't have to make a trade. So we were talking about a trade potentially having to be made. Doesn't have to happen yet. When Lilligren comes back off of LTIR, then you will need to make a deal. The Maple Leafs will have to do something, whether that is an Engball, a Kerfoot, a Hall, whatever it may be. A move will have to be made once uh, Lilligren is ready to, to come back into the lineup. But for opening night, we kind of got our team. Do we want to show uh, what the team is right now? I guess you probably should have put that up a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're watching on YouTube, this is this was the team at camp today. Now, uh, Holmberg, Robertson, Crawl, and Villanova, uh, they were all sent down to the minors after practice today. So these were the lines in practice. But outside of that, this is going to be your opening night lineup. So you've got Michael Bunting with Matthews and Marner. No surprises there. William Nylander on the left. And assuming health, John Tavares will be second-line center, as we expect. And Dennis Mulgan making the team as the second-line right winger. The third line, Pierre Engvall, is healthy and good to go. So he'll be in the lineup alongside Kerfoot down the middle and Callie Yarncroke as the third-line right winger. Zach Aston Reese is on the left side. David Camp is down the middle. And Nicholas Abe Kubel 
uh, as the right winger that makes up the fourth line for your Maple Leafs. On the blue line, you'll have Morgan Riley and TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall, uh, Mark Giordano, and Rasmus Sandin. Matt Murray will start night one against the Montreal Canadiens, and Ilya Simsonov will back him up in Montreal and then get the start, the revenge start, the following night against the Washington Capitals in Toronto for the home opener. So that is going to be your opening night lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, Tavares' status does you know, cloud things a little bit because if he's out, then, I don't know, maybe... Kerfoot moves up and then Camp moves up and they're playing with 11 forwards at that point. And we'll see what ends up happening with Tavares. But outside of that, this is a really deep, really good, well-rounded roster, Dave. It really, really is. I think I think the well-rounded part is what should be the focus here. Yeah, with Tavares out, it kind of changes it a little bit. Well, sorry, not a little bit, quite a bit. But in terms of with Tavares in, yeah, you got your top six. The drop off, yeah, offensively, will you'll see that a little bit, but you're not losing out defensively with the way that the rest of the lineup is constructed, especially that fourth line. That's just going to be a pain in the butt to play. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think you're going to see them play quite a bit more than what you would usually see the Leafs' fourth line play. Just because. They'll probably take quite a few more defensive zone draw uh, opportunities. Yeah, you'll, you'll see them on the PK quite a bit as well. Like I, I do like how well rounded this lineup is, and you know, there's not really much you would say. I'd rather this guy go here or there. I can't really see that. Like just the way it looks, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, like I think the the only kind of thing that was up in the air was is it going to be Mulgan or is it going to be Nick Robertson? Both yeah. of those guys have arguably earned a spot on the roster, but due to cap constraints and also waiver exemption status, Mulgan ends up winning it out because he makes less and also requires waivers, whereas Nick Robertson makes a little bit more. He can bury that in the minors and uh, doesn't require waivers. So that's why Mulgan ends up making the team, but they both earn spots, we could say. Right. So it's not like Mulligan's a worse player. It's a big drop off there. He's been spectacular. Led the entire NHL this preseason in points. Like the goal that he scored against Detroit to me was kind of the, the solidifier of his spot in the lineup going coast to coast, deking through three guys. Like that was, that was a, a goal scorer's goal. Like that was some elite puck handling. So it's nice to see. But before we get into all that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. And it's, Athletic Greens, our next partner, has a product I use quite literally every day. I started taking it. I want a better gut health. I want more energy. I want to optimize my immune system. Now, I've only been on it for a couple of months now, but I really like it. I think it, it, do, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's got kind of a mild tropical taste, but I actually look forward to drinking it every single morning. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things at once. Uh, and trust me, guys, this stuff is fantastic. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whether you just had a massive turkey feast like Dave and I did. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still 
tasting good. And guys, it's pretty incredible. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens has over 7,000, that's right, 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Uh Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him hundreds of dollars a day, so he created this one. Just $3 a day it costs. In 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in the year 2020, and for every purchase we donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the USA. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water each a day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You put him on a line with Nylander and Tavares, like I, I think that's going to work a little bit. Like it, it should work at the very least. Let's hope it works. Um, I know the you know the old joke, you're putting a league min guy to get these two going, but you know the way that Nylander's playing right now, he looks like he's already in midseason form. He's has a great connection with Mulgan so far. Through preseason, I would imagine Tavares, the veteran he is, can kind of fill in and, uh, you know, th that they can all try and create some chemistry together. But that bottom six is better than any bottom six that that I think we can recall in the Kyle Dubas era. I mean, arguably since pre-cap pre era, you look at this bottom six, like Pierre Engvall, very skilled player, very good player, good two-way guy. Great on the forecheck. Kerfoot, similar thing. Yarncroak, same thing. Like, that's going to be an aggressive, forechecking, speedy third line who can get a little bit of pop, right? Like, the way that I'm looking at this, we kind of talked about it. Do they want a top six, bottom six, or do they want a top nine and then, like, a defensive fourth line? I think they went top nine with the defensive fourth line, but you also feel good about that third line and their two-way ability with the guys like Engvall, Kerfer, Yarncroak, who all three of which can also be penalty killers as well. So I really do like the depth of this group, especially up front. And even on the blue line, you know, you've got guys like Mark Giordano anchoring your third pair. I like what this team has put together. I, I really, really do. I think that is a solid group. And uh, Kyle Dubas is a bit of a pat on the back here. I think so. I, I know that people were you know, giving them grief over the whole cap you know, situation of what they have to do to get this well lineup together and the whole idea that if Tavares can't play, it's, you know, that means they play shorthanded. That's just the reality of the, like the Leafs have done it before. Yeah. But I, I just think that the, they really needed more out of this bottom six in terms of, you don't necessarily need them to play offense, but you just need them to contribute significant minutes when they're on the ice. And I just, I get a better feel for that. And even with like Mulligan too, like to be able to play in the top six, you have to show that you're going to be able to create something. And I, that goal against Detroit. Yep. That was, you know, 
exactly he showed exactly that but he's been doing it all camp long right yep. and even like for austin matthews to kind of say or say how impressed he is that means quite a bit especially to me like you know he's gonna say that about his teammate because he wants to bump his teammates tires but i take that highly because you know this is something that they're going to be counted on to provide that offense so i'm not too too concerned um, I actually think this might be a better fit than what the Leafs have had in the past on that second line, just because Malgan is something different for that line. Yeah, that fourth line is going to be a pain in the ass, though. You're right. I think they will get more ice time. Like last year, we saw the fourth line get like eight, nine minutes of ice time, sometimes less. I could see these guys getting 12, 13 minutes a game, and what that means is potentially that will allow the Matthews, the Marners, the Tavares of the world, give them, you know, a little bit lesser minutes, right? They don't have to play harder minutes and could keep them fresher for when they're out there or for at least later in the season. So they don't have as much tread on the tire when you get into the playoffs and they haven't, you know, their minutes are scaled back ever so slightly. We'll see what ends up happening, but I, you know, at least it gives, it gives Sheldon Keefe options and he definitely can feel um, confident if he's in a situation where his fourth line gets stuck out there on like an icing call. I'd be perfectly okay with those three on an icing call against the team's opposing line. Really any, all three of these lineups, I'd feel all right with them getting kind of caught on an icing call. I think that they're all pretty skilled and good defensively. Second line, probably the only one that you look at. You're like, eh. But Tavares, you know, he's very reliable. Malgan Nylander, lots to prove on that uh, on that end of the ice. But uh, good stuff. The blue line, um, <sighs> Muzzin and Hall. How do you feel about Muzzin and Hall here, pal? Well, you kind of know how I feel about it. I'm not ecstatic about it. That might be the line that gets sheltered a bit more mm. than I think you've seen in the past. I don't. You're gonna. You're not gonna see them. Especially, especially early on, I just think with Muzzin, you know, he hasn't really played a lot too. I think they're going to be very careful how much they put these guys in the defensive zone. I think you can are going to have to expect Riley and Brody to step up a bit there with those defensive zone starts that they really haven't in the past. I think you're gonna, you're going to see that a little bit more just to kind of manage that pair. I mean, that's what I would do. But Sheldon Keith might just be might think otherwise and. Those Gio Sandin, like Sandin looked pretty good in those two preseason games, albeit preseason against the Detroit yeah. Red Wings. But I thought that he looked all right. I think Gio and Sandin can take uh, take you know some of those tough minutes as well. I, I think so. Like that's why you brought in a Mark Giordano, right? You wanted yeah. that steady veteran option. He was played quite a bit defensively in the defensive zone as well when he eventually was here. So. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna see the Leafs not have not go and say, "All right, Muzz and Hall are gonna go up against the top t- other team's top line." I just don't see that happening. I think they realize maybe Justin Hall is gonna be the placeholder for Lilligren for when he comes. We can only hope and pray, or you know, Lilligren comes back and Justin Hall gets bumped down. We'll see how that goes. I I, I yeah, I just think that this is only something that's gonna be a temporary option and one the Leafs are going to have to be very cautious with. Uh, Absolutely. And really quickly before we move on, let me just show you exactly how the Maple Leafs got to where they are right now. We'll take a look at the cap uh, friendly page for them. 
So as it shows right now, as you'll see, they technically are over the cap as it sits. Now, that being said, I, I don't think the LTIR numbers have been posted into that cap and they'll end up being all right um, just because of where they're at. But Timothy Lilligrid put on LTIR. Jordy Ben put on LTIR. Carl Dahlstrom was placed on season opening injured reserve. I'll be honest, Dave. First time I heard of season opening injured reserve was yesterday when people were talking about how this was a way for the Maple Leafs to create cap space and he's going to end up going on it. And now he's a cruise for what 78,000 in cap space. And because of that, the Leafs are actually, when all said and done, it's not quite fully updated here on cap friendly, but when all said and done, Dave, they are legitimately $4, $4 from the $82.5 million cap ceiling. $4 is how close they got to the cap ceiling. That's some impressive work done by Mr. Brandon Pridham and Kyle Dubas. Yeah, like the seasoning opening hour, I had to kind of, I was just like, what what exactly is this thing? So Puckpedia is actually a very good um, resource for that. The reason why Field Crawl is on season opening IR, not the regular IR, is because he's on a two-way contract. Yes. And so I was like, I did like the NHL with the CBA, it's just there's always these like little things that you how you figure out. So that that made it a little bit easier for the Leafs cap situation. So this is why Brandon Pruden's here. That's why he gets paid probably a lot of money to do yes. what he does. Yes. So I, there's you're we're gonna you're gonna and I'm sure other teams have, have used the same. Did you see the Canucks literally spent every single cent to get like they are at the cap like the Leafs got to within four dollars. The Canucks spent every single cent. And are at eighty-two and a half million, with all the moves that they were able to make, and are cap compliant with zero cents to spare. They didn't exactly have the best preseason. <laughs> like they're spending all that money, and it's like no, they didn't. But like it, and- that aside, it's just incredibly impressive that they oh, literally yeah. down to the penny were able to get their roster constructed to eighty-two and a half million. I thought that was just just impressive and hilarious. Calvin, man, the, the the Swedish formula. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is. Um, anything else that you want to uh, to make note of here of uh, the the opening night roster and you know the way that things kind of shook out here for the Maple Leafs before we we move on and make our season wide predictions? Nope, I think we're I think we pretty much covered. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, this isn't going to be the roster for 82 games, as noted. And, you know, again, just to – I know I mentioned it earlier, but if Tavares does miss tomorrow and they play with 19, they will be able to enact an emergency recall. I would expect that Thursday night, if that were to happen, Nick Robertson will be in the lineup Thursday night on recall basis, emergency recall basis, and that's a way that they could get him in the lineup and you'll probably see – um, I would imagine it would be a Robertson Nylander Mulgan line, uh, for, for that game, but we'll chat about that when it gets there. Cause you know, there's, there's still a couple of days before we have to get into all that nonsense, but, um, all right, let's, uh, take a quick break. And, uh, when we get back, let's get into 
our season-wide predictions because the season starts tomorrow slash today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube. Um, and we're going to do our season-wide predictions, our presents, trophy, division winners, cup winners. And we got a bold prediction that we're both going to uh, predict on today's show as well. Hey, guys, I know we said that we were going to do our league predictions on this edition of the show, but Mike and I actually decided podcast was getting a little long, so we're going to actually split it into two parts. So obviously, part one, we covered all things with the Leafs moves and all the cap shenanigans to try to get themselves cap compliant. In the next episode coming out Tuesday, we're going to go over our season predictions. We had a lot of fun doing them, so be sure to come back on Tuesday to get the season prediction from Mike and I, where we'll go over division winners, Stanley cup predictions. Each of us are going to give us kind of a bold prediction for the season. So make sure you do come back tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribing to YouTube so you can get that when it drops tomorrow on Tuesday till then keep it locked right here on locked on Leafs.